Welcome to Lighthouse Chapel International, Columbus, Ohio. We invite you to discover the life-changing anointed word of God as you listen to this message by Reverend Gilbert Asamoah. Reverend Gilbert Asamoah is a well-seasoned minister who serves as the General Overseer of the Raccoon Diocese in Lighthouse Chapel International, USA. Founded by Bishop Dag Heward Mills with over 1,800 branches worldwide. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Oh, amen. Are you excited? Let's welcome our Papa, Reverend Gilbert Asamo. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for gathering us to camp around your holy precious words. As we ponder the words of Jesus, may it start a fire in us. May it start a new zeal and passion for the works of Jesus. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Wonderful. We thank God so much for another opportunity to be in his presence. The series that we started last week, we are going to continue. We are preaching from Bishop's book, The Words of Jesus. But we would like to title this segment, Brother Erasmus, what Jesus said about his own words. So this will be like a sub-series. What Jesus said about his own words. Now, the whole Bible, the Bible says all scripture is inspired by the, is given by inspiration of God. So the whole scripture is um, inspired by God. But the writer of the book of Hebrews made a statement in which he appears to be um, you know, drawing a distinction between Moses and Christ. Hallelujah. Now, in the study of the Bible, there's something called typology in the sense that things are often types of other things. Hallelujah. And so, in the Old Testament, you know, the, the, the apostles mentioned that the Old Testament was a shadow, but the substance is Christ. Hallelujah. The substance is Christ. So, the shadow of something is not the same as the substance. In fact, the substance is um, the substance carries a lot more weight. Hallelujah. So, for instance, all of us are encouraged to listen to Bishop Dark. You know, what are the avenues through which you can listen to Bishop Dark, Brother Rasmus? Podcast is number one. What other ways? YouTube. The Makane, YouTube, Facebook, HealingJesus.tv, Makane.tv. Is that not so? Different avenues. You can also listen to DakiWordMailsVideos.org. You can also listen to DakiWordMailsAudio.org. So you have no excuse for not being able to listen to him. Hallelujah. But I want to submit to you if Bishop Dark was to appear in Columbus. Do you get it? And let's say we pre-announce ahead of time what he's going to preach. And suppose, let's say he preached at First Love Center on Sunday, and then Monday he's in Columbus. Uh, yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. 
You see, one day, I mentioned one day Bishop Dag will come here and some other pastors were laughing at me. I said, ah, why would you doubt that he can come to Columbus? I mean, are there other places that he's been to, are they, are they better than, than, than here? They, they, they were basically laughing. I, I, I can't, I, and these are also pastors. I mean, you're supposed to have faith if you're a pastor. <laughs> Amen. So, but, so if we announce that Bishop Dark is going to preach the same message he preached the Sunday before, how many people do you think are going to say, oh, we, we heard the message Sunday, the Sunday's message, so it's going to be the same thing, so they will not show up. Do you think any person of normal operating uh, uh, commissions will say, because the substance is coming, it's not the same as hearing it on sound. Hallelujah. And so, the writer of the book of Hebrews said that Moses was a servant who was faithful in all the house of God. But then he said that Jesus is the son. So there's a difference between a servant and a son. Hallelujah. The writer of the book of Hebrews drew that distinction. But make no mistake, the epistle to the Hebrews was written to, as the name sounds, Hebrews. Hebrew Christians. Christians who have a Jewish origin. Hallelujah. And so, the people understood the importance of Moses. And so, for anybody to try to belittle Moses, it's a very dangerous game to play with Jewish people. Amen. I was watching the Gospel of John, the movie that is based on the Gospel of John. And in the Gospel of John, there's a place that Jesus takes the people to task. That you hear, you listen to what Moses wrote. Do you get it? And he wrote of me. But you wouldn't want to come to me and hear my words. But, but you see, the people appeared aloof. But the moment he mentioned Moses, then they all turned and said that they were waiting what he was going to say about Moses. You can easily be stoned if you say the, la, the, the one wrong word about Moses. But the author of the book of Hebrews said that Moses was faithful in all the house of God. Hallelujah. But then Jesus, maybe let's add the next verse if it brings out but Christ as a son over his own house. Amen. So Moses was a servant. Christ is a son. And as much of that is how the book of Hebrews is introduced. The, if you go to Hebrews 1 and, and, and verse 1 down, it says that, let, let, let's, let's look at that. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets. Hallelujah. But in, has in these last days spoken to us by his son whom he appointed heir of all things through whom also he made the world. Hallelujah. Now he goes on to describe how the son the whole Hebrews chapter 1 is describing why the son is higher than first he said he's higher than all the prophets then he goes on to say he's higher than the angels. Hallelujah. The entire theme if you were to pick one word that will summarize the book of Hebrews, is the word better. You will see it repeated. It's like the old covenant and the new covenant. The new covenant is better. Hallelujah. Now, I said that to say that when we say the words of Jesus, it is important for us to realize that his words carry great, great impact. Hallelujah. Because he is the word of God made flesh, and now he's speaking. And so the words that he is speaking are now manifesting as spirit and life. Amen. 
Now, what did Jesus say about his own words? Let me just say something before I go into that. A certain man of God had an encounter. An encounter, a prophetic encounter in which he met the prophet Isaiah. Hallelujah. Now, Isaiah is no small prophet. By the way, he's one of what they call the major prophets. You have the major prophets and the minor prophets. It's not in terms of the importance of whether they are, they, are, they are important or not. It's the length of their message. So the major prophets, they prophesy that the, 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 there's a lot more they wrote than the minor prophets. Hallelujah. So this man of God met Isaiah and in the encounter, he asked Isaiah to tell him something, like I bring a revelation. If you Isaiah, tell me something new. But Isaiah told him that I'm not going to say anything new other than what I have already written. Hallelujah. So Isaiah began to speak from the book of Isaiah in the Bible. And he said that as Isaiah began, he, he, I forgot which chapter he was speaking from, but he said as Isaiah began to speak, he said a great force like a, like a tsunami, like, a, 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 like a, a big wave of water that is being held from the ocean. It picked him up, the man of God, it picked him up and threw him against the wall. He said that it's like the words that Isaiah was speaking carry so much power. Amen. And he was speaking right out of God's word. Isaiah was speaking from his own writing. And he said when he was saying it, like as he saying, like a force, like a strong river current picked him and threw him. So all these things are intended for us to see the power that is in the word of God. But if such power is in the word of God, how about if the word of God himself is speaking? Because Jesus is the word of God. Hallelujah. What did Jesus say about his own words? Number one, Jesus taught that words in general are not trivial things. Words in general are not trivial things. Amen. But I say unto you, Matthew 12 and 36. Maybe let's start from 34. Matthew 12 and 34. Jesus taught that words in general are not trivial things. Jesus was addressing the, the people who were often trying to trick him, trying to um, say something to make him say something amiss. Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? Do you get it? How can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of brings forth evil things. See, please take note that he's using the word treasure. And he's talking about treasure of the heart. We are talking about words. We are talking about what Jesus said about his own words. The greatest treasures that are in the world are words. Hallelujah. The greatest treasure are words. Words carry a lot of weight. Amen. And Jesus is saying that words in general are not trivial things. Unfortunately, today's world, our world, words are thrown around carelessly without much meaning. People often don't stand by their words. They don't mean what they are saying. Hallelujah. So it has made words lose their power or lose their luster. 
Next verse, verse 36. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. Hallelujah. So Jesus, by saying so, is emphasizing that words are not to be taken lightly. When you say something is you are trivializing something, you are taking it lightly. Jesus is teaching us that he is he is valuing his own word. Jesus is saying, I value my words, and I want you to know that words by nature are not trivial. And if we are going to be followers of Jesus, we must come to a place where our words we choose our words carefully. And we don't throw words around without meaning what we are saying. Hallelujah. Now, there's an interesting word there. I said to you that every idle word men may speak. Idle word. Idle. What does the word idle mean? What is the dictionary definition of the word idle? Can you Google if you have an online dictionary? Let's find out. Because he's not saying every word. He said every idle word. We will account of it in the day of judgment. We will account of it. So we better know what idle means so that we will not use those idle words because we are going to give account. Hallelujah. Idle means what? Careless. So that's one careless. Hazy. Lazy. Avoiding work. So, so please take note of the different definitions. You see, the reason why when you look for a, a word, what a word means, it gives you multiple instances of what it could mean it means that there is no one single word that will describe it adequately so each of these different aspects are bringing an aspect of the word idle which you will not capture in just one word hallelujah and so careless lazy avoiding work brother nicholas without purpose idle without purpose slothful lazy anybody else Lethargic. Lethargic. Tepid. Wow. Pointless. So, you see, let's think about this very carefully. Let me put this thing up because, you see, I see that, I see that, I mean, people really don't think twice about what they are going to say. Amen. And, he is not even watch this. This the, the when he said every other word, there is another word, another verse in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Can you can you check that one out and we will come back to this? Ephesians 4 and verse 29. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification? that it may impart grace to the hearers hallelujah okay so now there is two there's two meanings that i am getting from these two verses these two verses are complementary hallelujah have you heard of the expression or people say when people are praying for forgiveness of sins there is a lord forgive us for our sins of what omission and our sins of what commission both concepts are implied in these two verses and i'm going to show you so when jesus said some words can be idle okay idle means not working lazy careless 
So think of people who are idle, like um, in certain neighborhoods, in a certain country, which name begins one of the letters of the alphabet. As you are passing, you see people are, people, adults, are sitting there idle, not, not doing any work. Do you get it? And people sometimes may pass a comment or whatever. It's like the opposite of idle is what? Working, productive, bringing results, pointful. Because idle means pointless, without a purpose. Hallelujah. So, so, so I, I, we, today we are, we are, we are doing uh, what do you call macroscopic Bible study. And Jesus, because you see, if Jesus said words are what? In general, are not trivial things. So that itself is the topic. But now, a verse he said to explain this point, okay? We are now taking it literally and trying to say that what he said, the word, if words are not trivial, then the word idle he used is also not trivial. We must know what it means and avoid it at all costs because he says that, go back to the Matthew scripture. He said that we will give account. We must be scared when Jesus gives us a warning that every other word we will give account. It must, it must concern us to know that how are we using words and are we going to be called to account one day? Are we going to be called? I told you the story one day of how I got uh, something in the mail of a ticket in downtown Columbus. I think it was 4th Street or one of those places. And the ticket, I forgot the amount, but it was not an amount that I was happy to go and pay. Do you get it? And it was like I have run the red light. And it came with evidence. It came with a picture of my car. And so because of the evidence, you can't, this is not the time you can go to court and dispute. Hallelujah. Now when we appear in the judgment, our words, the heavily what do you call it? A, a, a recording device is going to play it. And so you can't defend yourself. Do you know how by a mysterious creation of God, we all have unique voices? Like even if two voices sound alike, they can use a device to tell this person's voice. There's an inflection of the voice and the way they speak. You can tell the difference using a certain device. So when God plays our words, what is it going to be? Now, when Jesus used the word idle word, it means unproductive, it means pointless, it means lazy. If Jesus had at the back of his mind that something that somebody has said is what? Pointless and unproductive. What are we supposed to do? Because, because those guys sitting around and not doing anything, the reason why people are bored with them or I'm um, that's assuming there's something to do, by the way. <laughs> that's assuming they have something, there's something to do and they are not doing it. But so in that situation where there is there is work to do and, and people are not going to find work and people are bored with them. The alternative, the alternative is they should have been engaged in what? Some activity, some purposeful activity. Hallelujah. And so use that concept to now flip what Jesus is saying that every idle word men may speak, every unproductive word, every what? Pointless word, every lazy word. The words are supposed to do something. The, so if the word idle is qualifying the word word, right? Idle is what? An adjective. Is that not so? So, so if the word is not idle, then what is it? 
is productive, is purposeful, is impactful, is achieving something. Amen. Now, hold that thought. And then, uh, the Ephesians 4, 29 scripture, um, Rasmus, you don't bring it up. But the word the apostle used that, he said, let no what? Corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. So the apostle appears to be emphasizing the negative impact that your words are making. Because when you use the word corrupt communication, a, a, a word that is going to bring decay, that is going to corrupt, that is going to um, do something negative. So it's like it's like I was saying, sin of commis- uh, commission. Like the word you are saying, the, the, the reason why what you are saying is bad is because it is causing a bad result. Okay, you are, you are causing somebody to be demoralized. You are causing somebody to be afraid. You are, you are, you are letting somebody's faith disappear. You are you are making somebody feel worthless. You are you are not lifting somebody up. I mean, all the negative things that people can say to people. That is what the. Ephesians 4.29 appears to be capturing. It's, it's directly speaking to the negative things people can say. Hallelujah. Now, when Jesus said, every idle word you say, you give account. And that word adding means that it's not productive. Jesus is speaking to the positive things that your words could have done. Are you getting the two different things? One is commission, one is omission. So, your words are supposed to achieve something. They are supposed to achieve your words are not just are, are, are not just supposed to not be negatively impacting people, but there is also a positive something they are supposed to achieve. And so now Jesus is giving us, He's giving us the purpose for words. Your words must achieve something positive. Hallelujah. It's just like in the in the in the um CNN has a, a program called CNN Heroes. I don't know whether you watch it sometimes. And the CNN Heroes, what, what is it about? Ordinary people, give me an example of somebody, what something somebody has done. Peoples. Amen. That's right. All kinds of things. Some of it is medical. Some of different, different things. Anybody has, remembers anyone, any other one? Feeding the homeless. Amen. So now think of it. If somebody goes out to rob the homeless you know some of them have these carts that they push around with their little belongings some of them have cardboard right which is like what they use to cover themselves for shelter and you are moving you are about to move and you can't find cardboard from anywhere and you go and take the cardboard that belongs to the homeless okay that is to be considered like this is something you shouldn't do. You shouldn't even think of doing such a thing. Amen. Are you are you are you, are you there? Amen. Amen. Now, so obviously that is something to avoid. Okay. But if you cannot just say you should be happy with yourself, that oh, this whole 2019, we are what? In April. I have not stolen from the homeless. I've not what? <laughs> I've not insulted them because sometimes you are not stealing from them, but you're insulting them. Pass funny comments about them, like Rick Jordan was. Uh, uh, the Lord told him how he passed a funny comment about Angelo, the man mentioned in the in the um, final quest. Amen. So, so you're you're um, you're not saying or doing anything bad about them 
that is like you are in a neutral place but then you can move it to the next place whereby not only are you not doing any bad things to the homeless but now you are actively doing something in Ghana they have a, a, an organization called GREN Ghana Residents in Need Amen where people try to gather resources and help those in need so when you move away from not doing something negative and then you begin to do something positive with your time and with your money you are, how many agree with me that you are a little better than the average person because the average person average law abiding citizen pays their taxes you know um, doesn't litter on the road do you get it um, you know because some rules that government officials people who work for the government who come to sweep it but does that mean that you should purposely litter it so you don't litter the road you and then and if there's something if you are clearing if you are clearing uh, what do you call it uh, your snow you clear the part of the of your of your house from here to here you've done your part because if you don't do it uh, by the way if somebody falls down you are in trouble but even if nobody falls down it helps the people walking their dogs right somebody is walking their dog because dogs still need to go out even though it's, it's winter it's snow they need their fresh air and exercise amen so so you've cleared all the snow okay and you've done all that you've put a, 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 a salt on there all of all you have done is that yes you have not you have not put banana peels or banana skin on the on the on the place <laughs> do you get it for somebody to fall you have actually cleared so so but you are still in a neutral but then if you go the next step that the old lady next door you go and you clear their snow you are higher than somebody who has not gone to put so somebody who is feeling proud that i I have achieved a lot of things because i have not put banana (laughs) what pills on on somebody's uh, driveway for them to fall so what jesus is telling us is that not only must we not say negative bad things but we must deliberately think of what can worse achieve what what can we say that will be will have a good impact because if He's saying we shouldn't say ideal words. He said, when you are speaking, your words must accomplish something. So from today onwards, you, you, you need to redefine how to speak. And you need to redefine what you say. And you re- what, is the, what, is the, what is the purpose of what you said? What was it intended? Amen. One day, I mean, not one day, I mean, I'm sure it has happened several times. My, my wife will say, what you are saying is making me feel bad. And then I will say, oh, I'm glad I've, I've achieved my purpose. Actually, that is what I intended. That is the goal. That is what I intended. I'm glad. It, because if you didn't feel bad, I'll be, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be disappointed. It's like I have chosen these words carefully with the intention of making you feel bad. And if it has, it means that I have achieved. <laughs> Amen. So now what Jesus is saying is that every idle word it must instead of making somebody feel bad can you choose a word can you choose something that will that you, your intention for saying it is meant to achieve something good but if you don't do that then not only are you not only are you uh, using corrupt words but then also but then also your words are idle jesus made his mind and his whole goal in life his mindset was that I am thinking I am about my father's business. When they were looking for him as a 12-year-old boy, when he got lost, 
when they went to Jerusalem for the festival and they were returning. And for three days, because there was a big crowd and there are cousins and nephews and aunties and uncles and second cousins and third cousins, Cape Coast cousins. Have you heard of Cape Coast cousins? It's an expression people use. They say, oh, I have, I have, this is my cousin. But before you know it, it's not a cousin. It's actually a beloved. <laughs> so, so, this is a Cape Coast cousin. It's like my cousin in Cape Coast. But before you know it, the person is pregnant with a Cape Coast cousin. <laughs> so, there are all kinds of, <laughs> all kinds of family relations. A big crowd. They just assume that, oh, I mean, John, uh, uh, what's the name? Joseph and Mary will walk at the side. So, oh, we can't find Jesus. So, he was playing with the 12-year-olds over there. After a while, they realize that look, the eyes are getting big. I need to soon. We can't find him. Now, now, now no, all jokes aside, he is not with us. They had to go back to Jerusalem to look for him. When they went, they found him in the temple with the doctors of the law having a discussion. And you see, you and I, as a matter of when you read the, the, the scripture narrative, it sounds almost rude what Jesus said. He says, the mother said, son, why have you made us look for you these three days? And then he, then he said, didn't you know, didn't you know that I have to be about my father's business? And if you are Joseph, you're going to take a step back and say, what does he think I'm, I, I am? I'm a fool? I mean, I'm your father here. I am the one who gave you a covering. <laughs> exactly. My father's business came into, what are you talking about? I mean, people thought that you were a bastard. I'm the one who gave you a covering. Now you're talking about your heavenly father. I mean, we all believe in God, but I mean, have a little respect here, boy, my boy. But he said, look, my business is to be about my father's business. Hallelujah. So right from that early age, he was a purposeful. People who have seen the Lord in a vision, they say when he's walking, okay, they say in his steps, his steps are purposeful. Have you heard the expression somebody is saying that, why do you walk like you, that you don't like your legs? Have you heard that expression before? Like people who are just walk like this, yeah, yeah it's not a purposeful of, of walking. Do you get it? People who have seen the Lord in the vision. They say it's, it's like purpose is calculated. Now that concept of living is what Jesus is teaching us that even your words must be purposeful, calculated. For what purpose? Intended to do good. What type of good? You can bring healing. You can bring encouragement. You can calm somebody down. Somebody's agitated. Your words can can calm them down hallelujah and you it, it shouldn't be jesus what jesus is saying is that it shouldn't be it shouldn't be something that happens by chance your words i mean if you are if you are speaking you know how was it 2008 not 2008 there was one democratic convention that um president obama who was not president at that time 2004, John Kerry was running for president. He, Obama, was asked to come and give the keynote speech. So many years later, a close friend who was privy to the discussions and conversations, he said Obama told him that make sure, I don't know whether it really happened, but that's what was reported. Make sure you listen to what I'm going to speak tonight. Because he said it's very, very good. <laughs> Obama was telling him before the speech that he said, it's, it's, uh, I mean, he used a word like it was damn good, it's pretty good, very, very good. So, so in other words, the words that he, was, he said, which brought him to national limelight, 
which brought people said who is this uh, obscure person from nowhere immediately people took attention of him donors started said this guy could be a candidate in the in the in in, in, in some years to come those words were not just taken randomly they were chosen deliberately hallelujah and, and that mindset is what Christ is saying that your wives in order for them not to be idle must be chosen deliberately with an intended purpose of having a good possible impact and he said if you don't do it he said be warned as they say be afraid be very afraid that if you just say words anyhow at the end of the day bishop said he always often prays at the end of the day asking God for forgiveness if he says something in his preaching that he shouldn't say which I think I should be doing more often. I don't do that every day, but I think I should be doing that because what Jesus is saying is a warning that if they bring every word that you said and, and they, they put it on the scale of the productivity scale, what it produced, and it produced nothing, he said you'll be judged for those things. Now, that's, a, that's something for us to think about. Put your hands together unto the Lord. Let us bring the Lord an offering. Father, help us. Help us, Lord. Because we throw words around randomly without meaning or knowing what we are doing. May we be like your son. And even as we give, we give in support of the preaching of the same holy precious words. Have mercy on us. Bless our offerings. May it prosper and bring forth honor and glory to your name. Through Jesus, our Lord. Amen.